It's time for To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington, a power hour of all things Southern Miss. For questions or comments, call 601-261-0898 or pound 981 for C Spire customers. Now we go live to the studio with Jamie. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. I am your host, Jamie Arrington. Broadcasting from the Eagle Broadcasting Studios here in beautiful Hattiesburg, Mississippi. If this is your first time listening, we are your weekly break from all of the High Resource 5 propaganda to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. In with me in the studio this week, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend Jason Bailey. What's up, man? Fired up to the top. How are you? Good, man. A week and a half until football season. Ten days. Ten days. Focused, motivated, ready to go. So here's what we're going to talk about on the show this week. We're going to, we got the, the second scrimmage happened last weekend. We have a visit with fake Jay Hobson. He's coming back. We have a visit with Freddie Maggard and Andrew Eaton of Kentucky Sports Radio. We're going to talk about things to do in Hattiesburg because I know we have – not only are Kentucky friends coming down, but we have some Southern Miss fans from out of town that are going to be coming to Hattiesburg. Mm-hmm. Maybe they hadn't been in a while, so we're going to give some tips on things to do, places to eat, and whatnot. Ultimately, the game is is what it all, it's all about, but we have a few tips here and there. So, like I was saying before, football season starts in 10 days. So, in the spirit of things, we had to go and talk to our old friend, Fake Jay Hobson. We are only 10 days away from the start of the 2017 Southern Miss football season. Joining me now, fake Jay Hobson. Coach, your first opponent this year, the Kentucky Wildcats. What can you tell us about this UK football team? Well, you know, last year, you know, the reality is when we went to Lexington, we knew it was going to be a uphill battle because Lexington's a very hilly town. And, uh, you know, but most people, you know, when they think about the term one and done in Kentucky, uh, at the end of the day, they think about basketball. But, you know, I think about halves in football. But, uh, you know, we know they, they put their pants on one leg at a time, just like we do. And, you know, if you want to make sure your pants stay up, it's all about the belt. Remember that. So, And last year, you know, after we beat them, I, you know, at the end of the day, I took uh, Mark's belt. I've got it now. Wait, you took his belt? Yeah, James, you know, I just, whenever I defeat a coach, I always take his belt. And, you know, his belt's a little too big for me. Looks like he got it at Coles or something, you know. But uh, he's going to have to come to Hattiesburg to get it back. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, as the season went along, Kentucky kept getting better and better. This year, you don't have Nick Mullins. You know, you don't have Dylan Bradley. What are you going to do to combat this Wildcat team? And, you know, I don't have the the magic jelly bean answer. You know what I'm saying? But uh, we got a new play we're going to break out. It's, uh, It's called the Heimlich. Because I'm pretty sure they're going to choke in the second half. You know what I'm saying? We're less than two weeks away right now, Coach. Any word on who the starting quarterback is going to be? Ask me one more time. You know what I'm saying? Ask me one more time who the damn quarterback's going to be. You know, and I'm, I'm breaking some skulls. You know what I'm saying? Well, Coach, I mean, everybody just wants to know who the quarterback is. It's a fair question. Ah! That's what's up. And let that be a message to Jason Mullins, Patrick. Ask me one more time who that quarterback's going to be. What are you doing? Like, I, I'm taking over the show. That's what the reality is. Uh, this is, uh, I got a new character for you. You know, uh, fake Jamie Arrington. Take this out. Uh, uh, hey, what's going on? What's happening? Uh, reality is how you guys doing? Welcome to the Top Talk. Uh, this is fake Jamie Arrington. You know, I got a, got a comedy show about, I'm opening up for somebody that's way funnier than me. Uh, real classy, real classy. Now, this is your last weekend without football for a while. Do you have any special plans this coming weekend? Yeah, you know, I think it'd be neato for me and Ito to go get a burrito. You know what I'm saying? And maybe some Cheetos, uh, Fritos, and Doritos. And that's just the reality of it. Well, thanks for coming on, Coach. Best of luck in your preparations for September 2nd. Thank you, Jamesy. That was fake Jay Hobson. It's been a while. Good to have him back on the show. Wow. And that was a uh, backhand to the face. That, yeah, he <laughs> he holds nothing back. I guess he's tired of getting asked who the quarterback is going to be. Well, That's for sure. Then he better pick one. Real quick before we go to break, 
And it was announced this week by Southern Miss Director of Athletics, John Gilbert, that the Bauer Academic Center will be located at the Cook Library on campus. You know, they've been doing fundraising to make that project happen. Had some issues with where they were going to put it underneath the stadium with the old complex. So I don't know if it's going to be in the library or next to the library. I really don't know how that's going to work out. But for the Southern Miss fans that are listening, that is where the Bauer Academic Center is going to be. We're going to take a quick break. Come right back to us. We're going to be talking with Freddie Maggard and Welcome back to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington, Jason Bailey, here in studio as well. All right, so last year, when we were getting ready to take on the Kentucky Wildcats, I like to look for content. And uh, I had Matt Jones from Kentucky Sports Radio on the show, so I was checking out that site to see what they had going on. I started following this guy, Freddie Maggard. He was a quarterback at Kentucky back in the early 90s, He, uh, but he was very insightful. He was very honest with his assessments. And, you know, he had some great podcast episodes out there. So I knew when it came around this year, I really wanted to, to get this guy on the show. He was driving down the road when I caught him at the end of last week. Had Andrew Eaton in the car with him, also on Kentucky Sports Radio. They put the Depth Chart podcast out every Thursday. It's a great listen if you want to find out what they've got going on and their insights into Kentucky football. So without any further ado, here we go. Freddie Maggart and Andrew Eaton. On the line now, we got two of the guys from Kentucky Sports Radio, Freddie Maggard and Andrew Eaton. How's it going tonight, guys? Going well. How are you? Thanks for having us on. Doing good. Now, I had Matt Jones on last year, and um, I'm, he was very, very adamant about his feelings on Shannon Dawson. But <laughs> <laughs> when, I, uh, when I was listening, when I was prepping up for last year's game, I caught your podcast, and I really think, uh, Freddie, I think you're a great football mind. I'm really honored to have you on here. I thought you did a really good job of breaking down the X's and O's in a way that a lot of people aren't able to do, especially in the media. So thanks for coming on tonight. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I tried to warn people last year about Southern Miss. I felt before Nick Mullins got hurt that Southern Miss was the best team, best college team in the state of Mississippi. So I tried to tell people that before. Golden Eagles traveled up to Lexington last year. Uh, this year, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm probably Edo Smith's biggest fan. Uh, I think he's one of the most unheralded and, and underrated superstars in all of college football, and I look forward to watching him play one more time. Oh, absolutely. Well, flashing back to last year, what were your thoughts on last year's matchup with the Golden Eagles? You know, I think it was a tale of two halves for Kentucky. Kentucky came out in the first half, but you know, executed offensively. Uh, you know, Drew Barker, the quarterback, played in that game. You know, I'm not for sure what or when the injured back started to surface and started to really impact what he was doing. Uh, but the second half, it was all Southern Miss. Shannon Dawson figured out he could run the football. Edo Smith, 36 carries, 173 yards. George Payne, 16 carries, 100 yards. Southern Miss ran uh, uh, just a, an enormous amount of plays. Well, offensively, Kentucky only ran 50 plays and rushed for 96 yards. So you fast forward six weeks from after Southern Miss Kentucky played a year ago, these are two totally different teams going in different directions. Steven Johnson comes in as quarterback, but just dialed in on that specific game, I was worried that Kentucky would struggle to block Dylan Bradley. Uh, Denarius Antoine, I think, was a tremendous football player. I had high praise and, and remarks and regards for Picasso Nelson. So, uh, but last year I thought Southern Miss was the better team, and I thought the better team won the football game that night. Freddie pointed out earlier today. I don't know how many times Kentucky surrendered 100 yards to two backs. Yeah, I think that that was. Uh, I think Tennessee and, and, and Southern Miss was it. So. Oh wow. Well, like you mentioned, you know it, the teams kind of went in opposite directions out there. The Wildcats finished the season seven and six, going to a bowl with a with a, a win over the Louisville Cardinals there to cap off the season. So it ended up being a pretty solid season for the uh, for the Wildcats after all. Yeah, it did. And a lot of that rested on shoulders. Also, you got to realize that when Kentucky played Southern Miss last year, that Stephen Johnson, the quarterback, didn't factor, nor did freshman All-American Benny Snell. 
who, who had zero carries in that game. So uh, the Golden Eagles fans that will be in Hattiesburg on September 2nd, you know, I would I would tell them to get ready to see a, a heavy dose of number 26, and that would be Benny Snell running behind one of the better offensive lines in the Southeastern Conference, in my opinion, towards the end of the year, 2016, Kentucky had the best offensive line in the conference. Returns everyone other than John Toth, the center. Uh, Cole Moser, left tackle, went down to injury this week. But freshman All-American Landon Young is going to step right in there, and I think as far as personnel-wise, may even be an upgrade over the, the, the starter, Cole Moser. Well, you mentioned Benny Snell, and backing him up, I heard some really good things about A.J. Rose as well. So, I mean, do you think he's going to see the field a good bit as well? Yeah, I think A.J. Rose is going to be a, a much more versatile-style player than Benny Snell. When you see him standing on the field, he's tall. He is, he is shockingly tall and agile and has the ability to really catch catch out the backfield. I think as we've been able to see this year, it's going to be a little, uh, almost a little thunder and lightning with Benny and then A.J. and then potentially even a, a third back if he gets healthy enough to factor. Yeah, I think A.J. Rose, uh, like Andrew said, 6'2", 215, 220 pounds, uh, actually has measured faster than Boom Williams was in any point in his career in Kentucky. So, you know, the thing that I think, the factor that I think will give Kentucky an advantage on September the 2nd is a, is a two-deep offensive line that is very physical, uh, very big, and two 200-pound running backs that can get run behind their pads. So defensively, Southern Miss is going to have to show depth on the front seven uh, to, to, to try to slow down that Kentucky running game. You mentioned the change at quarterback, and, uh, you know, how serious has this injury been to Steven Johnson? Uh, it's not serious. He, he's just out of practice or two. Was in a precautionary boot. He'll be just fine. Uh, he's back practicing, so that that was just a, a camp precautionary measure. My understanding from the spring game is there. Tell us a little bit about Gunnar Hoke. I understand he might have been the best looking quarterback in the spring game this year. Oh, uh, when I've seen Gunnar, I've said this on our podcast. When it comes to doing drills, that's really the best chance we've had to see. We've had to see Gunnar. We've seen him in a few live eleven on eleven settings. Uh, most of the time wearing a red jersey. But in terms of what you get to see at practice and drills, I mean, he does sling the football. I think it, I think it goes to, to illustrate the great depth that the quarterback position has that it hasn't had in previous years. But I would say that it would take a pretty uh, – there would have to be a lot of dominoes factor in for to fall if, if you're going to see a lot of playing time out of Gunnar Hoke this year. Yeah, I, I think Gunnar Hoke, uh, he comes from a high school out of Columbus, Ohio, that produced nine consecutive FBS quarterbacks. Folks around that program say Gunnar Hope's the best of those nine, and that includes Brady Quinn, who played at Notre Dame. I would agree. I think Gunnar Hope is, has a tremendous future at Kentucky, and uh, I would be, you know, just as a, an observer of this football team, I think Steven Johnson, Drew Barker, and Gunnar Hope can all win games in the SEC. Another newcomer to the team I'm kind of curious about because there's a lot of hype surrounding him, Lynn Bowden. What are your impressions of Lynn Bowden? Well, I mean, any time uh, that Kentucky signs the number one player out of the state of Ohio, it's going to be major news. Bowden showed up to camp a little late, had some clearinghouse issues, uh, but he's done nothing but solidify the preconceptions of him being an elite player because he's, he's impressed coaches, players, observers, everyone around the program with, uh, with how hard he's worked and just the dynamic factor that he brings. Eddie Grant, the offensive coordinator, likes to run the Wildcats, and, and, and Lynn Bowden will be perfect for that as he was a high school quarterback. So he's going to play receiver, running back, quarterback, return kicks, return punt. Uh, he's a number, another player that Southern Miss fans should be familiar with. Switching over to the defense, it, it just looking at the depth chart, it kind of seems like this year's Kentucky defense is going to have a little more depth and a little more experience, especially in the front seven. Is that kind of what you guys see? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, I'll let Freddie talk about this more because these are his trench guys. Yeah, um, the linebackers, a lot of talent across across the linebacking core. Um, I love that one. Yeah, no, yeah, uh, front seven line. This is uh, Kentucky's traditionally produced several linebackers to the National Football League. I think this is the deepest and most talented linebacker collection that Kentucky's ever had. Uh, Jordan Jones, the conference's leader in, in tackles and, and tackles for loss uh, coming back this year. Also had four quarterback sacks. Denzel Ware and Josh Allen on the outside are, are, are 
upper level outside linebackers in the conference would be Courtney Love, but there's a large number of linebackers that, that can play at a high level. Defensive line-wise is where the depth issue comes into play, but uh, newcomers, Quentin Bohanna and Bill Hoskins are going to provide depth, along with uh, uh, Fordell Looney and, and others. I think the front seven will be just fine. Oh, and there's also some guys in the secondary, of course, Chris Westry, you know, some guys that we remember from last year's team. And it, it looks like you've got a solid secondary as well. Yeah, uh, you can say the same thing about the secondary as we just talked about the linebackers. Uh, it's very deep, very talented, very tall group. Uh, cornerback, Chris Westry, 6'4". The other corner, field corner, is, is Derek Beatty at 6'3". Then all SEC uh, safety, Mike Edwards back there at Mustang, and then a lot of talented newcomers, Jordan Griffin, Devontae Robinson, uh, Lonnie Johnson, just a lot of players that can play different positions. So, again, the, the back seven is, is very, very talented for Kentucky. And, again, but, but you know, in my opinion, going to get Southern Miss, it's going to be how the Wildcats can manage, stop, slow down uh, Edo Smith. You know, with Quadri Griggs or Keon Howard, I think Shannon Dawson is going to run a high number of screens or quick passes to get the football out of their hand, try to get their rhythm going, but stopping a run is what's going to cause Kentucky to win or lose the football game on September 2nd. Now, I got an earful last year when I asked this, but what are your thoughts on Shannon Dawson? Shannon Dawson, uh, you know, he came from West Virginia. He had one year in Kentucky. He was not filled with a lot of success. Uh, you know, sometimes it's just not a fit. Seems like he fit in well or better at Southern Miss, and it was a better, it was a good situation for both parties. Kentucky got Eddie Grant and Darren Henshaw from Cincinnati. Southern Miss gets, uh, gets Shannon Dawson. So I think all parties involved benefited from the move, but it was what it was. And, and uh, Kentucky fans, I know, are, are very happy to have Eddie Grant calling the plays for Mark Smith. And Eddie Grant, I believe, interviewed for our head coaching job. Last year, so I mean, yeah, he's a, he's a heck of a coach and you know, heck of a recruiter. He's already got two commitments from a couple more six foot three quarterbacks out of South Florida. Uh, but you know, his offense last year set records at Kentucky, especially on the ground. Benny Snell now owns just about every freshman rushing record there is. Team averaged almost six yards per carry, rushed for 3,400 yards, so he was very successful year one. Now, Freddie, I know you, you spend a lot of time watching video and just a football nerd to the core. I saw an article you wrote today on the Southern Miss's 425 defense. What are your impressions of this 2017 Golden Eagle football team? Well, I, th- I think defensively, you're really going to miss Dylan Bradley and really going to miss, uh, Denarius Antoine and some other. You got to look really, uh, you know, just the six or seven players that Southern Miss lost totaled 228 tackles a high number of tackles for loss, and a high number of quarterback sacks. Southern Miss did not produce a lot of turnovers defensively last year, just five fumbles and ten interceptions, but it ranked high nationally against the pass, 10th against the pass, 21st and 28th in quarterback sacks and tackles for loss, but a lot of that production is gone. So it's really a lot of unknowns for Southern Miss. I think Xavier Thigpen is going to create some havoc from that uh, from that defensive end position. Offensively, uh, losing uh, Nick uh, Nick Mullins is, is is a killer, to be honest with you. Oh yeah. Because now there's a lot of unknowns because Shannon Dawson was was handed the key to it, was handed a turnkey operation at quarterback and in an offense. Now you got to replace a quarterback, and I feel replacing Cameron Tom at center is just as difficult as Mullins because he was a fantastic interior offensive line. Anytime you have Edo Smith and Allen Zay Staggers, you have a chance. So, Southern Miss has a chance, but uh, I, I like the 2016 version of Southern Miss much more than I like the 2017. Well, I think that pretty uh, – my next question was, do you have any thoughts on the game? But I think I kind of uh, get the impression that you uh, – obviously, being a Kentucky guy, favor the Wildcats, but you think that they may be, uh, obviously, the better team this year. I think this year, yeah. Last year, I thought Southern Miss was the better team. Uh, you know, I like to, to sterilize the logos strip away all the all the identifiers <laughs> and just and just really just dive into the personnel uh, situation. And I was really impressed with the personnel Southern Miss had last year. Uh, but I, I think, you know, especially if George Payne is not healthy, 
you know, that's another 100-yard rusher against Kentucky a year ago. So that's going to put a lot of pressure and strain on Edo Smith. I think Kentucky will force Edo Smith to pass block. I think Wildcats will blitz and blitz off and keep him in the backfield uh, to keep him from catching passes because I think he's more dangerous as a pass-catching running back than he is a, a running running back, if that makes sense. So uh, I think the issues of quarterback will surface. But I think in 2017, Kentucky is the better team. Andrew? Yeah, I would agree. I do think I can't completely count out Southern Miss um, in the sense that if they can control the line of scrimmage, anything can happen. Yeah. And this is going to be a uh, this is going to be a put up or shut up moment for the UK defensive line that had a lot of questions around it last year uh, that Shannon Dawson certainly took advantage of in the second half against Southern Miss while at Commonwealth Stadium, now Kroger Field, yeah. but then Commonwealth Stadium. Uh, but it'll be kind of the same thing this year if Southern Miss can can establish a run game and keep the Kentucky offense off the field and uh, they're not able to, to get through, then it's anything can happen. We've seen it happen before, uh, but I'm like Freddie. I think personnel to personnel, uh, we got on a roll last year and uh, some winning breeds winning um, and some swagger breeds swagger. And I think this UK football team uh, comes in with a little more confidence and a little less question marks. What's the opinion of Kentucky in Hattiesburg right now? You know, there's a lot of unknowns, um, like you guys said. I think that the big thing that I think you guys will be surprised by this year is the influx of speed that's come into the team, particularly on defense and certain parts of the offense. There's a there's a guy named Taroderick Daniels who may be the fastest player in Mississippi and uh, super kid, lightning quick, and they got several guys that are fast. The, the the problems, and I think the defense is going to be better. I think there's a lot. This is probably the most depth we've had on the defensive line in 15 years. But there's so many questions, particularly on the offensive line. I think Quadre Griggs yeah. has kind of established himself as the quarterback. Um, he's the more consistent. Keon's a little more athletic. But they've got some talent on the O line. They just don't have much experience. And you've got you've got true freshmen in the two deep. So if anybody goes down, I mean that could derail the entire season. So, um, yeah, is Todd Fowler playing right tackle or left tackle? That was another question that I had. He's playing right tackle. Okay. Yeah, because the center, Devin Ferrier, was moved from guard to center, correct? Correct. Uh, Tyler, the Stutzman that was going to play center came down with some kind of bug. I mean, he lost about 20 pounds. Um, yeah. So he, he's getting back in the mix. Uh, there was another guy that was supposed to come in and contribute right away. Um, oh, gosh. He actually went to Louisville first. Um, with Louisville, we're used to players transferring in, not transferring out. <laughs> right, and and I will say this: you you probably have a lot of Southern Miss fans that have pulled for you guys because you know, as you probably cheered for us when we were dominating Louisville back in the eighties and nineties. Um, yeah, you, you get a lot of Southern Miss fans who don't really care for the sister schools in the state. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I, you know, I have a lot of respect for Southern Miss. You know, I've got the opportunity because it's the first game that Kentucky played. Some extra time to study uh, the program, and, and I have a lot of a lot of respect. I think there's a lot of talent on that team, and I and I appreciate how the roster is built. You look through the recruiting files, and several two-star players that are playing at a four-star level in, in college tells me that players are being developed and well coached at Southern Miss, and, and I appreciate the style of play. And again, I uh, I couldn't admire. I, I voted last year, Edo Smith. I, I, I ranked an all-opponent team that played against UK. My two running backs that I picked for the all-opponent team against Kentucky were Edo Smith and and a running back from Tennessee. So uh, that just goes to tell you how highly wow. I think of Smith. All right, and we appreciate it. Like I said, I, the Southern Miss fans, I've seen your article shared more than any of the opposition that we've seen. So you're certainly respected, and uh, we respect the Wildcats. Jimmy Terry. He was a uh, offensive lineman, started off at Louisville, transferred to Teller Junior College. Uh, he's a road grader, but the problem is he showed up this summer weighing 372 pounds. So he's had some time in the Mississippi heat, but I don't know if that's going to be enough for him to contribute <laughs> a whole heck of a lot in that first game. But um, Yeah, well, you said something about the Mississippi heat. Now, I do think that, that the weather, the temperature will factor in the game because Kentucky's not had anything to prepare for that. Is, is 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 Southern Miss deep enough to to go against that Kentucky offensive line? On the defensive line, I think I they're certainly more so than last year. Um, you've got you, you're two three deep in a lot of positions there. 
And the big difference on the defensive line between this year and last year is size. Uh, I don't think Draper Riley played in that game against Kentucky. You know, big 300-pound body, big 6'4 guy. Yeah. You got another guy named uh, Delmon Landry transferred in, similar build. Um, and, and they're really cross-training a lot of those guys up front, whether it's somebody like a Darian Yancey who, you know, on a third and long, he's going to play inside. You know, so they're kind of right. some guys they can move around up there up front. Uh, but this is probably the most depth we've had in a long time. Now, if Kentucky's able to control the control the um, control the clock, maybe not. But if he can keep it close and stay in the game, I don't think they're going to wear down like we may have in the past, uh, especially with an SEC offensive line with the size they usually possess. That's something that we we don't always have the the matchup for, or at least we haven't in probably about 15 years. So I think we've got a little more depth there. Whether or not they hold up, I think it's going to depend on whether or not the offense can stay on the field. How do you see the game playing out, though? You ask us, we'll ask you the same question. I don't know. I, there's so many. The, the question, is, it comes down to quarterback, and it comes down to the offensive line. I think, you know, I think, like you said, at the skill positions, I think we're in good shape. I think the defense, and I think you have some guys now that are not going to be as susceptible to the big play. Now, there's going to be some matchup right. issues that Southern Miss is going to have in the defensive backfield, especially when it comes to size. But speed is there. They've got some – I mean, I don't know how it's going to play out. I think you'd have to – obviously, probably favor Kentucky at this point. But if uh, if the offensive line, they're getting getting better and better each week, is that going to be good enough? I don't know. But uh, it's really hard to say at this point because there's so many unknowns. What can the Big Blue Nation expect crowd-wise on September 2nd? I think it'll be a solid crowd. Um, one thing about that stadium – is and I used to work in the NFL. I've I've uh, been to a lot of different stadiums. Down there on the field is as loud as it's going to be anywhere. Now the stadium is you know at tops forty thousand, but it's as loud as it's going to be anywhere because of the way the acoustics and the, the way it's set up. I don't think it was intentional. I just think how, it's how it played out. So it can get really really loud there on the down there on the field. Hattiesburg's a great city. Uh, if you guys come in, we're going to actually do an episode of To the Top Talk just talking about things to do in Hattiesburg, New Orleans. I'm sure some folks will come in from the coast, uh, or maybe if you make the drive down through through Jackson, we'll try to. We're going to have an episode with some things to expect. Great tailgating atmosphere. I really wish it was a six o'clock game because it is going to be miserable out here <laughs> at three o'clock in the afternoon on September second. Uh, are you guys coming down? Are you guys making the making the trip? Well, I don't know yet. I don't know, Andrew. I'm not going to be able to make it that weekend. I wish. Yeah. yeah. We Originally, I thought about it, but some schedules just didn't match up. I'll be rooting from Lexington. Yeah, I would like to go, but I'm not. I'm not yet sure what my uh, responsibilities with the network's going to be. So it's hard for me to make plans. I want to go. Uh, I lived in Mobile for a period of time. I love that part of the country, especially your favorite road games are Mississippi. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Mississippi State's my favorite SEC road game. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, wow. I'm a big fan of the state of Mississippi. He's the one that loves it. It's okay. Yeah, because, you know, I, lo- I love uh, uh, Pascagoula, Gulfport. Yeah. Biloxi. There's a little city down there that I used to drive through that I thought was the prettiest city in America. I don't. It's called Pascristian, Mississippi. Oh, yeah, that's that's where uh, number four came from. Yeah, I I, uh, I love that area. So I'm a big fan of the, of the state of Mississippi. Uh, I love uh, watching junior college football. And, uh, you know, I just, I like how, I like the state or, or the, the status of football in the state of Mississippi. So I hope I can come down and put it that way. Well, if you do look us up for sure, we'll have, uh, yeah. you know what your responsibilities will be, but we'll have some, uh, uh adult beverages slash tailgating grub <laughs> out there near the rock. But, yeah. but Kentucky fans, I mean, we, I really, I feel good about our fan base. Come down. I mean, Pretty much anybody will invite you over to their tent. It's a very hospitable group. Um, it's a great atmosphere on campus. Will they be serving crawdads? Uh, I'm not sh- not it's not really seasonal, you know. I'm sure you could find okay. some. Uh, there's a restaurant, Crescent City Grill. Sometimes they'll have a, a craw- uh, crawfish menu. Okay. But, yeah, it's not really seasoned. If you come in the spring, that's when it really gets hot and heavy. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I, mean, I know we're joking, but getting back to football – there's some young defensive guys from Kentucky that, that your fans uh, probably will be aware of. Uh, Josh Pascal, a true freshman out of Washington, D.C., six foot three, two hundred seventy pound outside linebacker is, is is the next level type of kid. Jordan Wright, uh, another pass rusher, six five, two sixty out of Miami. 
Uh, looks like to be another true freshman that's going to play. Quentin Bohanna, a nose tackle, uh, another rookie that, that's going to play. Then offensively, uh, Lynn Bowden. And then a couple receivers, Josh Ali, Isaiah Epps, Javionte uh, Richardson may play. Uh, Epps and, and Ali are both burners in a slot. And then Kentucky's counting on Dorian Baker and Garrett Johnson to be their senior and Chuck Walker to be their seniors at receiver. So I think Kentucky, a lot of how Kentucky plays will also come down to the quarterback. Uh, but Steven Johnson played awfully well down the stretch last year. But the whole game plan will be give the ball, I think, for both teams. So the Miss will be give the ball to Edo Smith and Kentucky will be feed the ball to Benny Snell and then see who gets the better of that, of that uh, competition. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for coming on. I really enjoyed it. Uh, if you do come, I hope you, I hope you enjoy the trip. If not, I hope you enjoy the air conditioning wherever you get to watch the game from. <laughs> we will. Do you have any final words out there, uh, for the Southern Miss fans? You know, just we're excited for, we're excited for the year. We know you guys are excited for the year. I used to watch Southern Miss quite a bit because, um, are they still in with Western with WKU? Are they still saying? Unfortunately, yes. Well, I remember. I remember the first time they were coming to Bowling Green. I, I worked in Bowling Green for a season. I remember the first time they were coming, it was like they were going for the sellout game. And so a lot of respect for the Southern Miss program, uh, even back to the times that you were you were beating WKU. I know they've turned the corner in some areas. We'll see what they do under the new coach. Um, but definitely I've kept an eye on you guys. And, you know, is it Brett Farr from Gettysburg? Yeah. So, you know, you got to you know, you gotta, yeah. you gotta respect yeah. that. So. Yeah, I, uh, I wish this game was in November. When it was uh, sleeting and about 28 degrees up here in Lexington, uh, I would feel more comfortable about the situation. So, you know, much like Andrew, I, I respect the, the, the Southern Miss program and and uh, just you know, again, last year I tried to warn people. Very few people uh, believe what I was saying, but I think after the game they did, and 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 I think Southern Miss is going to be another good football team. So, in my opinion, 2016 was the best team and best college team in the state of Mississippi. We'll see about this year. So it would be fun for the Cats to get down there and enjoy uh, a new geographical location and give the fans a, a new place to go. And I look forward to it. That was Freddie Maggard and Andrew Eaton from Kentucky Sports Radio. I, I appreciate the honesty and I appreciate the uh, the feedback they, those guys had. Thank you guys for coming on the show. So that brings us to September 2nd. Kentucky yeah. Wildcats, Southern Miss Golden Eagles. One thing I talked about on the in the interview there is speed. And, you know, I was kind of looking at some of the guys that have, have come onto the team that uh, are bringing the speed element that we may not have had as much of it the past few years. So you start with Roderick Daniels, mm-hmm. who's going to be, you know, kind of your scat back guy, running back, wide receiver. Jalon Adams, Gatorade Player of the Year in Alabama last year. He's moved up to the second uh, team of the um, – in the slot position, Quez Watkins, you see him on the outside, but he's lightning quick. Then on the defense, you got Demetrius Market and Curtis Michael coming back. Curtis might be just as fast as to Roderick, right. but uh, he he I think I forgot what who had him. They had him rated as the third lowest quarterback rating uh, last year for all cornerbacks in the NCAA. Nice. So. Got the speed, bringing the speed. All right, guys, come back to us. We're going to talk a little bit about game day at Southern Miss as well as things to do in and around the Hub City. Come right back to us. Welcome back to To The Top Talk. Jamie Arrington here with my co-pilot Jason Bailey. Before the break, we had Freddie Maggard and Andrew Eaton from Kentucky Sports Radio. Great interview. If you missed it, check it out on the archives, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, um, and we will have that interview up in its entirety on the podcast as well. But, uh, you know, interesting comments from the guys. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, I know Freddie watches a lot of video. You can only see what you've seen off last year's footage. But um, I think there's a couple of things that, you know, the opposition may not know about coming into this 2017 season. The thing I liked about the interviews, first of all, those guys sound great. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know oh, if you yeah. listen to any of the other podcasts they've had, but 
just prepping up for the show, I listened to, you know, two or three different ones. And they sound like cool guys to hang around. Freddie is super smart, super super well versed, knows his stats, knows his players. Um huge fan of Ito. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. I mean, it's not hard to. You flip on the highlight reels of Ito and uh Ocho Cinco, man. Ocho Cinco, yeah. uh, you know. You know, I would like to ask Freddie, because you know, he's on record last year saying that he thought Sutter Miss was the best team, was the better team of you know, between Kentucky and Sutter Miss before the game. This year, he's on record as saying, you know, he thinks Kentucky's going to kind of run away with it. I don't think anything that significant changed. I know now Nick leaving, Nick Mullins gone. That, but outside of that, it's there's not a whole lot more. I mean, I know we we had, we had Dylan Bradley, we had Denarius, we had some good players, but I think we have the most. I don't. I don't. Yeah, and I don't know if it's as much as us as it is them. I mean, they were really playing some some really solid football towards the end of the season last and, year. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, and it, it was fun to watch them whoop up on the Cardinals. Yeah. Um, but absolutely. at the same time, I mean, you get the second year under this scheme, especially Jay Hobson. Really, it's it's. I don't think people realize what a great defensive mind he is, and the havoc packages that we're going to be putting in there. Uh, and and I think some of the guys uh, on the defense. There were a couple of guys last year that never really fully grasped where they needed to be all the time, mm-hmm. and I think this this which was evident. And you know, he kind of pointed that out, and he blamed it on the four two five. He blamed it really more on scheme. Yeah, and maybe and he knows more about football than I do, but I would like to blame at least a little bit of it on it's brand new. Absolutely. Uh, so you know, I don't think you can really overstate the significance of. And you I think, know, and I think, second year. and I, I think people don't realize the size and depth on that defensive line. It's probably the best defensive line we've had in 15 years. So, all that being said, I think we still need to find a quarterback, and I would still probably give Kentucky the edge as well. Yeah, absolutely. So. And the offensive line questions we have up front, um, we're going to get into all that and more next week. Our guest is going to be Jason Munns of the Hattiesburg American. We're going to be talking mm. about the Southern Miss football team, kind of breaking down the season leading up to that first game against the Wildcats. Now, one thing we talked about is we're going to. Talk a little bit on this episode about game day at Southern Miss, things to do in and around the Hub City, some of our favorite spots, places to eat, holes in the wall, uh, places to go for nightlife if that's your thing. So we'll start it off talking about game day. A lot's changed as far as parking goes. Used to be able to go to the front of campus if you're not an Eagle Club member. Used to be able to go up there uh, by the old Elam Arms on Hardy Street. Mm -hmm. However, they are renovating that now. So if you haven't been to Hattiesburg in the past year, you can't park across the street at Elam Arms anymore. Yeah. Well, and they have added a few more parking lots, but that was a humongous parking lot. That was a great parking lot, yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean, a lot, I know a lot of people actually would pull up and, you know, they'd just take their golf cart from there. I don't even think you can do much of that anymore. You're right. Um, but, you know, hey, everywhere we go, every every away game I've ever been to, there's always a parking situation on, a, on an on-campus, you know, stadium. Sure. So, Pretty much even off-campus stadiums. I mean, you look at fo- how far we've had to go at, you know. You think it's bad around here? Go to a game at Tulane. Yeah. You know, try to yeah, find yeah, a place yeah. to, to park anywhere in Tulane. Right, right. It was bad at Houston. Houston's on on-campus uh, stadium. It was bad there. It was bad but, at Louisiana State. Louisiana State. Oh, man. Oh, do you know what happened to us last year on the way? I was riding there uh, with a friend of mine who's an LSU fan, right? Southern Miss and an LSU fan went there. Anyway. On the ride there, somebody that was actually on I-59 as well called us and said, hey, I got a parking pass we're not going to use. <laughs> it was like, I mean, I'm pulling up and I'm pulling up in our car, Southern Miss stuff everywhere, you know, magnets on the side and streamers and all that and flags. And we just, we're getting closer and closer and closer and closer, like where the, you know, big RVs are and everything. And here we go, just parking right in the middle of them. Yeah, I saw you guys were like right by the stadium. Of course, then it was a nightmare getting out of there. Sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> but um, as far as tailgating goes, you can find tailgating pretty much in the perimeter of the stadium. I mean, in every direction. Uh, you know, you got some people over by Pride Field on the on the backside, the Fourth Street side of campus. You're going to have uh, they have a a new area over there kind of near the stadium on that same side. We're kind of traditionalists. We're, you know, the, the district area. We tailgate behind Southern Hall underneath a big tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's Golden Eagle fans in every direction. Anywhere you choose to tailgate is going to be a great time. Uh, so great tailgating atmosphere. But one thing you got to do when you go tailgate, you got to go by and see Eagle Walk. Absolutely. not the, the location as well as the parade. So the location is under the east side of the stadium. It's got, uh, you know, a lot of the famous players that have come to Southern Miss, a lot of the famous games. Uh, you just walk right down the freshman paint it gold every year before school starts. 
But the parade, two hours before kickoff, cannon goes off. They start Eagle Walk. And, you know, the cops come down the street, you know, sirens blaring. You'll have the the Pride of Mississippi marching band will come through, the Dixie Darlings, the cheerleaders, Seymour the mascot, and then the football team comes through. Everybody crouches in. But one thing always cracks me up about Eagle Walk is, like, the Pride, the band, it's like almost like they have, like, a Pride Secret Service. Yeah, get back. Get yeah, they back. Walk, they walk along the side of them, these just goofy-looking, um, what do you want to say, Big Bang Theory looking dudes that come through and just try to send everybody back, like step away from the trumpet, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I kind of. And I know you need chaperones that. through there, but I mean, they're they sometimes they just get a little. Maybe, yeah. And maybe we're a little out of hand. That that could definitely be the case, but you know, I'm I'm an adult also, and I can yeah. tell that that 400 member band is kind of coming right at me. So right, I get it. <laughs> but Eagle Walk is is a special time, a, a very very sacred time here at Southern Miss. Now. After the break, we'll talk about places to eat, but nightlife. Let's get into that real quick. A couple of spots uh, that we'll recommend, so to speak. Brewski's, which is on 4th Street. I don't know what. They usually have bands. Usually that's kind of a college environment. So, you know, for your college people, you know, standing capacity is about 550 in there, so it's a good time. Thirsty Hippo is going to be a little more of your, I don't want to say hipsterish kind of spot, but the food there is really good, and they never have cover bands. You right, know, right. Give you an example of somebody that played there a couple of years ago, Sturgill Simpson, mm-hmm. you know, just to kind of give you a, a, an idea of the vibe. Then, you know, you go a little far, further off the beaten path out in Oak Grove, you got Sideline Sports Cafe and, you know, the downtown area is kind of coming back around. Blue Jazz Cafe is a place that you like to go to. Yeah. Blue Jazz just opened it up. Uh, our good friend Nelson, who always comes by to tailgate and says hello. Um, Blue Jazz is fantastic. Not like Brewski's does not have a capacity of 550. It has a capacity of about 50. Right, right. But it's awesome. It's it's a great little place. Fantastic shrimp po' boy. Highly recommend. And shout out to the Porter, also in downtown Hattiesburg. Mm-hmm. The night before the game, on September 1st, they're shutting down the streets. They're having a block party. They're going to have, you know, food trucks, beer tents, live music, games, all the good stuff. They're calling it the downtown tailgate. Um, one of my comics, general manager there, the owner Went to Southern Miss as well. Went to college with him. So Porter's a great time. I think they have the food there is really great. I don't know how often you've eaten there, yeah. but I, I yeah. love it. Meatloaf. I went meatloaf. Hey, and, and the I, next day when you wake up all, you know, feeling bad from the day before. Right. <laughs> Southbound Bagel downtown is the best breakfast in Hattiesburg, I think. All right, guys. We're going to come back and talk about some of our favorite places to eat here in Hattiesburg. Come right back to us on To The Top Talk here on News Radio 98.1 and the score 1400 AM. Welcome back to To The Top Talk. Jamie Arrington and Jason Bailey here in studio. One thing we failed to mention a minute ago, the atmosphere at The Rock. I have a feeling, you know, right now, you're looking at the temperatures. They've got it at uh, 87 as a projected temperature with a 50% chance of rain. So that means it's going to feel like it's 115 out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, um, you have but, to learn how to breathe water. You're right. But it's, it's still going to be a great environment regardless of it, – it, it's either going to be scalding hot or it's going to be a monsoon. It's going to be a tropical downpour. That's the way it goes on those those uh, opening weekend games. But talk about the atmosphere at the Rock. Okay, so the the, the Rock. I don't know the exact capacity at this point. Spanned a few years 30, ago. Thirty eight, maybe seven. Thirty eight, four. I know it's something. Yeah. yeah. So thirty eight, thirty nine. You got about twenty thousand hardcore Southern Miss fans there every game. Then you'll have some feeling here and there. But when it's rocking and rolling, there's nowhere else like it. It gets extremely loud down there on the field. Um, and, and, you know, there's been a lot of teams that came into the Rock thinking they were going to walk away with a win, but it's something about the environment here and, and, and playing at the Rock that's a little different than what you might expect. And, you know, the stands are so close. I know, yeah. like, like, from where we sit, you know, it's been well chronicled, I think. <laughs> yeah. That those punt return or kickoff return guys, um, I mean, they're 40 feet from us. Right. You know, right there in the end zone. So, yeah, yeah it's very close. Uh, all the If any Kentucky fans come down, I mean, it's kind of how the whole campus is, really. It's all just smushed together. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of stuff just crammed into a little spot. Beautiful campus. Um, yeah, definitely, yeah, you definitely want to check out the Rose Garden up front. I mean, that's uh, it's something that's pretty famous up there. You know, the dome is, is kind of like the icon of the campus. 
Uh, of course, Eagle Walk. Let's talk about some places to eat, man. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get started off. When you talk about eating in Hattiesburg, you really have to start with Crescent City Grill. Absolutely. Uh, local chef Robert St. John started a long time ago. It's probably like, um, you know, the place that people are going to recommend right off the bat. Crescent City Grill's kind of got like a New Orleans cuisine. They have Mahogany Bar, which it kind of goes back and forth between Mahogany, The Hog, and Keg and Barrel as far as who's on the list of top 100 beer bars in the country. Right, yeah. They all make the – both those places make the publications uh, every time. And, you know, hey, go down go downtown to Sopro if you get here on a Friday. Yeah, check that you out. want to check out the local brewery. Sopro wins all kind of awards. In Southern all kind Prohibition. Of Southern Prohibition. Um, they have their tours every weekend. And, you know, now you can just go in there and sit and have, <laughs> have it and drink the beer while yeah, you're there. They got video games set up. You can take a tour of the facility. You can drink as much – Susie B and Jack the Sipper as you want. And you've got to get around. We've got Uber if you need if you need that. And also HattiesburgTrolley.com. There's a trolley mm. that runs through the city. You can use that as well to get around if you're wanting to enjoy yourself the night before. I don't know how it will be on game day. I've never dealt with that, but definitely the night before that would be the thing to do. Or post game. Uh, patio. Well, we talked about Keg and Barrel. We mentioned it. Keg and Barrel, probably the most popular hangout in town. Right. It, the house is over 100 years old. Uh, John Neal renovated it probably about, what, 10, 11, 12 years ago. Uh, it's turned into one of the top beer bars in the country. Uh, they have a great selection. They get a deck outside. They have an upstairs now, which is where we do our open mic comedy nights. They've got games up there. So Keg and Barrel's a great setup, great food there. Patio 44, probably one of my favorite restaurants in town. It's uh, it's on 4th Street, kind of the backside of uh, the street that runs along the backside of where the stadium is. Um, the steaks are good. Seafood's good. Uh, I just always have a good meal when I go to Patio, so that's a place I would definitely recommend. Yeah, if, if somebody were to just blindfold you and just drop you at the Mahogany Bar and then pick you up and blindfold you again and drop you at Patio... You'd think that you were in New Orleans. Yeah, absolutely. Great spots. Um, let's talk about Sully's. Sully's is a restaurant mm. that it was kind of a hole in the wall, and it just built itself up, and they have built a stellar reputation on their steaks. If you want to go there and have a steak, you're probably going to have to get a reservation to make it work. Wow. See, see, you know way more about Sully's than I do. I'm more of a Dunning Ellie's kind of guy just for the atmosphere, but everybody can't be wrong, and everybody talks about how great the steaks are. At Sully's. So. If you're looking for a little more of a casual atmosphere, uh, Glory Bound Euro Company right across the street from the stadium, our good friend Will Taylor, friend of the show. It's kind of an American-Greek hybrid restaurant. Mm-hmm. They have like a pepper jake euro that's amazing. I recommend the Mediterranean plate. Just a good college hang, place to go get some beers and have some Greek food. Yeah, very affordable, very good. Get the cheese rolls. I can't overemphasize the cheese rolls enough. If you cheese go to, rolls are, are little bites of heaven. And if you go to Crescent City Grill, the crab meat wontons. Mm. Both of those are probably up there as far as the best Absolutely. appetizers in and town. And you know, and Will will probably have a, a guy playing, you know, acoustic guitar or something like that on the back patio or maybe inside. So, so yeah, Glory Bound. Uh, another restaurant that's, you know, most would probably recommend Mugshots. It's kind of in there, right in the middle. Of a lot of these hotels that a lot of people coming to town are going to be staying in. It's a sports bar. They've got these big eight ounce hamburgers that uh, yeah, huge burger, huge burgers. Is, is it a Hawaiian bun that they is a? Uh, it's a it's a sourdough bun. Okay, but it's really good. It's, Man, uh, it's so good, and they got a million kind of burgers. They got a, they got a burger with peanut butter on it. Yeah, they got all kind of great, you know appetizers things like that. If you want to go just chill, watch a game. I mean, it's kind of the it's kind of the sports bar vibe of like a Wild Wings as far as mm-hmm. having all the big TVs and stuff. Um, but mugshots definitely, and you know, especially if you're at the hotel, you just want to walk somewhere and go have a drink yeah. or go grab something. To no eat. doubt. We we couldn't talk about restaurants in Hattiesburg and not mention Letha's. It's probably the most famous restaurant in the area. It's it's a it it, it is a you ha- it's it's in the parking lot. It's in the back of a parking lot of an RV. Yeah, like almost at a Dairy Queen. Almost at a Dairy Queen. I mean, you kind of have to know where you're going with this exactly. place. Exactly, you really do. But the food is amazing. When we had, I've had a couple of comedians that have gone there. Todd Berry mentioned it in his book. Thank you for coming to Hattiesburg. Mm-hmm. If you want to check that out, but uh, Letha's Barbecue. It's 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 iconic. It's it's probably the most famous restaurant yeah, like, in the area. Like, like whenever famous people come through, they all go there and get their picture made. It's that kind of place. All right, guys, we got one more segment. So come right back to us. We'll be talking more Southern Miss right here on To the Top Talk.
Welcome back to To The Top Talk. Jamie Arrington in studio with Jason Bailey. Before the break, we were talking about some of our favorite restaurants in Hattiesburg. Listen, there are a lot of them. We probably didn't even scratch the surface on places to eat in the Hub City, but got a few of them in there. You know, go online, check out what you're looking for. There's there's a lot of great places to eat. Didn't mention any of the chains. I don't really think that's necessary. You know, trying to give you some of the local flair. All right, let's shut it down real quick, and then we'll come back and shut it down again. Special thanks to my guests this week, Freddie Maggard. You can follow him at Fred Maggard. And Andrew Eaton, you can follow him on Twitter at Andrew Eaton One. You can listen to their podcast every week, the Depth Chart Podcast on Kentucky Sports Radio. You can find it on iTunes, Google Play, etc., etc. Great stuff. Shout out to our listener this week in Wyoming. Nice. Picked up a listener in Wyoming. So we've been listening to in 43 states. You guys keep it going. Keep spreading the word. You can follow us on Twitter at To The Top Talk. You can follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington. You can follow Jason at Bumper J Bailey. And you can follow Fake J Hobson at Fake J Hobson. Facebook as well, To The Top Talk, Jamie Arrington Comedy. My next comedy show, Thursday, September the 21st, the second annual roast of Hub City Comedy at Brewski's here in Hattiesburg. Going to be an amazing night. Also, shout out to Jim Cole. Uh, the 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 Southern Miss man himself sent us some swag a few weeks back. I've right. enjoyed it. Great dude. He's out spreading the black and gold gospel. So shout out Jim if you're listening to the show tonight. Great Next, follow on Twitter too. Yeah, great follow on Twitter. Next week my guest is going to be Jason Munns with the Hattiesburg American Southern Miss beat writer. That's always a great time. That's always a riot. So it'll be good to have Jason back on the show, dude. I just can't wait for football season. I'm just chomping at the bit. I can't wait to. I, you know, I was doing laundry the other day. I've got three piles: darks, lights, and gold. <laughs> and I can't wait to put back on the gold, man. Get out there, get the funky gold Medina's going. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out which visor. You know, I've wore that gray visor with the with the eagle. Yeah. on it for the last couple of years. And I'm trying to change it up this year, and, and my wife got me this one that I have on. Um, it kind of sticks out a little weird, so I guess I'm trying to break it in. Yeah. Hey, we got 10 days. I got we got 10, 10 days. Gotta, you got to get I gotta it. I got to mow the grass. Or if you're in South Mississippi, I got to, like, walk to my car. I got to break it in. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Um, changing subjects real quick. I want to I say this because I think I'm pretty accurate on this. Um, Lanny used to give me the hardest time. Last year, when before we would go on the air, before I did this show last year, I would j- jump in on his show, the Pine Belt Sports Drive, and mm-hmm. he would just he loved every time I come on to update me what was going on with Mayweather and McGregor. So <laughs> Floyd's going to win. This is how it's going to happen. All right. <laughs> you ever watched a spider set a web? First two rounds, Floyd's going to fill him out. He's going to set his web. Then what's going to happen? May, uh, he's going to keep swinging. He's going to get agitated. Just like you watch some kind of bug get caught in a spider web. He's going to get caught. He's going to get frustrated. And then he's going to start to wear him down. And then Mayweather is going to go in for the kill. I'm predicting TK, TKO victory for Floyd Mayweather, ninth round. So that's what's going to happen. Save your money. Get Canelo Triple G. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk.